Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Intentionally Inspirational, the podcast for entrepreneurs and those who just want more out of life. Now for your host and author of the upcoming book, The Backwards Route to Forward Progress, Jason Wright. Hello, thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is episode number 30, entitled Exiting the Rat Race with Clark Van Deventer. What's going on, Inspire Nation? You guys doing all right? Ready for another week? I hope so, because ready or not, here it is. Some quick news for you before we get into today's interview. Um, Inspire TV, my YouTube channel, I'm starting to put a weekly focus on that, and you should check it out if you haven't. Just a two-minute video, which surprisingly takes a lot longer than two minutes to put together, but two-minute video with a theme, you know, like a blog title or like a podcast and you know, just another channel to uh, give you inspiration and motivation and personal development, and hopefully that'll open us up to a, a whole new realm of potential Inspire Nation listeners as well. So doing that once a week, check that out if you haven't already and subscribe to that YouTube channel and... With that being said, we will get into our interview. This is a really cool interview. Check out what Clark and I had to talk about. Hello, Inspire Nation. I've got an awesome guest with me today. I've got Clark Van Deventer. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is the author of the book Unworking. He is a entrepreneur, and he has the blog FamilyTrek.org as well. Very, very cool story he has. Clark, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be on here. Thanks for having me, Jason. No problem. So... Um, I would like to start and kind of tell people where you're from and where you've ended up today. And, and yeah, really, yeah, this is the first time I've ever been interviewed for a podcast awesome. by someone in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so, very cool. Well, tell us where yeah. you're at now and kind of how you got there. Your story is so cool. Yeah, well, I grew up uh, where you're at now in Martinsville, Indiana. Uh, went to college at Indiana Wesleyan University, and uh, while there, got uh, connected with the uh, historic home of President Ronald Reagan, ended up uh, graduating. I mean, literally days after graduating, moved out to Santa Barbara, spent a number of years there, ended up being the deputy director of uh, former President Reagan's home. And uh, along the way, ended up uh, quitting that to try my hand at some entrepreneurial efforts that, let's just say, didn't quite go as planned and uh, parlayed a series of uh, mild successes and uh, mild failures into running for c Congress and uh, lost my bid for Congress. I'd actually bet everything on winning. Uh, ended up cashing out my retirement to run uh, so I could be a full-time candidate. And after I lost, not only was I out of money, but I really had no idea what to do next and went through a couple of tough years where I really stepped back and thought about what I wanted my life to look like. And uh, today I'm talking to you from Lake Tahoe, California, where my wife and I spend our winters skiing the ski slopes here and the summers uh, on the beach and enjoying hundreds of our alpine lakes in the area when we're not uh, traveling around the world. So that's the short of it. And uh, obviously, as you know, from my book on working, there's a lot of little details in there. 
Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, a couple of things you said that really jumped out to me I want to dig into a little bit. So you were at the Reagan Ranch, and while you were there, something stirred inside of you and said, i got to try the entrepreneurial thing. Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because I had a great life in Santa Barbara. I made good money. Uh, my job uh, provided me a bit of uh, stature prestige in the community and certainly when i traveled in certain circles i had flexibility with my job i uh, really had what a lot of people would view as an enviable position uh, not only that anyone who grew who, who knew me growing up like your wife <laughs> carmen uh, this was so me you know i lo- when i when i was in high school i loved ronald reagan i adored ronald reagan and this is like if you would have known me in high school and known where I was by the time I was 26, 27 years old, you would have been like, yep, that, that's it. You know, He's doing what he's supposed to do. But I had this uh, growing feeling like I was not where I was supposed to be. And in a lot of, a lot of ways, I was, I was just bored. And I wanted to do something different. I had an idea for a business. And I really came to this place like I felt like to stay in a job – just to collect a paycheck every two weeks, I felt like if I were to do that, if I were just to bury this desire, I felt like all that would be left of me would be a shell of a man. I really felt like I was going to sell out. And uh, even though it made no sense or little sense to most people, I mean, very, very, very few people uh, thought this was a good idea when I when I quit. But I really felt like I had to do it. You know, there were some decisions in life that are tough. This was like I had to do it. There was no turning back. I, it was a, you know, I'm either going to go out on my own and live or I'm going to die in this job. You know what's crazy about what you just said? It was almost like I was the one just talking. So what <laughs> you described is the way you felt in your mindset and how people reacted. I mean, that that's man, that's right. That's my story too. I mean, obviously we're in different places, but I know exactly how you feel. And I know there's people listening right now that are feeling that way as well. You know, how do you, and you know, for guys like us that, um, uh, you know, apparently can take some action, how do you, what do you tell people that say, man, Clark, I want to do that too, but I don't know how to get started. What advice would you give them? You know, there's a, a great book out that I really recommend. Just came out recently. It's um, by Rob Bell. It's called uh, How to Be Here. And one thing he talks about in that book is don't think about step 10. Think about step one. Don't worry about step five. Do step one. Do the next right thing. Do the next logical thing. And you really have to ask yourself, you know, will you, if you're in this job, or you're in this place in life where you don't want to be, um, will you Will you be, you know, it's a very simple question, like which will you regret more? Will you regret trying and failing or will you regret um, not trying at all? And I think if you ask yourself that question uh, and, and answer it honestly, the next logical step isn't hard to figure out. Uh, for me, I really felt like, I had to do it. Like there was no choice and I just had to put one foot in front of the other and try something. And what I came to learn was that uh, the, the beauty of this is that I failed miserably. 
I, I felt absolutely miserably after my congressional campaign. Uh, I ended up moving my wife and at the time two young children uh, into my in-laws' garage. So my uh, failure was of epic proportions. And what I learned in failure is that failure isn't that bad, you know. So now I feel like I have forever been freed from the fear of failure because I failed miserably and learned that failing isn't that bad. And so if if fear is what's keeping you back from you know, pursuing the life of your dreams or pursuing that next entrepreneurial effort or whatever it is, um, get over it, man. Because <laughs> failing isn't that bad. No, I hear you. I mean, I just want to tell you sincerely, I applaud your courage. It's not every day that I meet anybody that takes that type of a chance, and I, I love you for that. I mean, that is so powerful to me, and it's so rare that I see that. So if, if I don't know how much support you've had since then, but... You've got my support for life because that is awesome, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. Well, let me ask you this. So pretend that failure never happened. Do you think you would be the same place and have the same perspective and experiences that you did today or would it be just completely different? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, there's a couple of things that happened. One, I was trying to buy a cafe in Santa Barbara. That was the That was really the carrot, if you will, that got me – to quit my job at the Reagan Ranch, mm-hmm. and that never materialized. We actually had uh, it took a while to put together the deal. We were uh, it was complicated, and we put together our you know stand on our tiptoes offer, and I I think it was on the verge of being accepted when an all cash offer came in from another buyer, and of course the seller went with the the all cash offer. I think about what my life would look like if that had happened. Um, I think about what my life would look like today if I had, uh, if I were serving in Congress right now. <laughs> Should be my life would be vastly different. Well, it wouldn't uh, be lo- location independent. I'll tell you that. that that's right. Uh, I, you know, I, I I can look back and think, man, if the cafe had worked out my life, I would love that life. Or if I had been able to serve in Congress, that would have been awesome. I would have loved that. Neither of those things worked out. Um, and I'm here now. And I'm like, wow, I love this life that I have now. I, I do think it's one of my strengths is that I can simultaneously be excited about multiple life plans. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't get my – when I get my uh, – when I have an idea, you know, that something's going to happen. So right now I'm, I'm a couple days away uh, from – Actually, by the time you air this, I'll have released my new book, uh, Backdoor to the White House. Mm-hmm. And I have this feeling like this book is going to be big. Like, I really do. I think it's going to be big. Like, but it may be a total bust, you know? And if it's a total bust, like, I'm not going to be depressed. So I can, it's one of my strengths is that I can be excited about one life plan and it doesn't work out and I can immediately switch course and be excited about the next thing. And, uh, I just thank God that, that, uh, he gave, gave me that, you know, because, uh, it has served me well. I have to be careful of talking about some of these things with my wife cause she has a harder time. You know, she, she does get more emotionally invested in a particular path that we're going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's, it's really been something that served me well. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, you kind of view life through the the broad spectrum of the optimist lenses, which is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Yeah. It really is. So, 
Unworking Your Book. Uh, tell us a bit about that. It's really, really interesting. My wife just finished it this week, I believe, on a, an ebook or a uh, yeah, an ebook platform. Tell us a little bit about that. It's, it's interesting. Well, uh, yeah, Unworking. Uh, Exit the rat race, live like a millionaire, be happy now. Um, you know, the uh, the book opens with a letter to my children. And there, there was something so freeing about writing this book because I didn't need this. I didn't need this it to sell a single copy um, because the purpose for this book was uh, writing it for my children. My wife and I have chosen – to live differently, to arrange our lives differently than most people. And I opened the book with a quote where it says, you know, he who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand by and watch. But my kids aren't just standing by and watching. You know, they have um, – they're, they're greatly impacted by the decisions my wife and I have made. So I wanted to explain to them uh, why we've chosen to live this way, why we've chosen uh, to make – um, work less important. Uh, unworking isn't about not working. It's about putting work in a different place in our life. And really, the book is about figuring out what you value most and then how to arrange your life around those things. The book isn't, hey, my life is awesome. Live like me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the book is, what do you want? And how can you arrange your life around the things that value most to you and have action steps, takeaways at the end of each chapter really help people uh, figure out how they can arrange their life around what values most to them. Well, that, I tell you what, when you read the title and kind of the subtitle there, it's, it's so powerful that I actually considered screaming in the microphone and cutting you off because it, it gets me fired up. I mean, I love that stuff, man. It, it's so it's so powerful in the fact you've not only written it, but you've done it. Uh, I just I have so much respect for you. And you know what, man? I know what you I know what you're talking about. So I'm you know in the early stages of writing my first book, and already I see a huge advantage for me. I mean, it's doing something uh, you know very. It's completing for me. And I'm enjoying it, and I've kind of changed the way I'm approaching it. But there, there's a real personal takeaway from that experience, and I can't imagine what it'll be like when it actually gets to print. So, well, well, I also think that you know, guys like uh, you and me, and the people who listen to your show, you know, we're trying to live intentionally. You know, we're trying to live deliberately and a little bit differently than the mainstream. You know, than our neighbors, mm -hmm. and it's easy. Um, you know, just to, to fall back into old patterns. It's easy to kind of feel like feel weird, like everyone else in your town acts one way and you're like acting another way. Oh, and yeah. you're like, well, I'm so weird. And I think that, um, you know, reading books like my book or listening to your podcast, and I have other favorite podcasts and books, authors, bloggers. How it's like a you, Clark, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but all of, the, all of, all of these people, it's like our little support group, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like uh, the virtual mastermind. <laughs> yeah, and I, I talk about in my book, like, seeking out these people, you know, who will support you as you seek to reinvent your life or live differently because it's, it is, um, you, you will face some, you know, social, societal backlash, um, you know, for bucking the system like we are. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, I thought of something earlier, and I told somebody this probably two or three times last week, different people, but it comes up a lot. It seems like when you step out of, like you say, the mainstream, there's kind of three groups of people. The biggest group of people just sits back and watches and does nothing at all from the sidelines. The second largest group of people is generally close friends and family telling you all the reasons why you cannot do it, should not do it, and will not do it. And uh-huh. the smallest group of people is sometimes people you wouldn't expect, but they're people that say, I believe in you. And sometimes it takes people a little bit before they get there. But my point is to get to where you want to go, everybody listening and even you, Clark, it's not going to be easy. If it were easy, everybody would yeah. do it. So yeah. there is definitely a reward with putting in the effort and taking the licks along the way. And you said something earlier that spoke to me as well. Uh, six months ago, I still would experience fear with new ideas or taking risks. And I don't know if it's normal or if it's temporary, but I just kind of don't feel fear anymore. I kind of just have gone numb to it and I get uh-huh. an idea and I jump on it very, very quickly. But it drives my wife insane because <laughs> I'm going 100 miles an hour in a few different directions and it could change tomorrow. I may go a new direction, but I don't worry what if it doesn't work. I don't worry about that yeah. anymore. So like you said, how bad can it really be? You know, if I make a bad business decision, is my heart going to stop beating? Probably not. All right. So (laughs) I kind of roll with it. Well, I've got to tell everybody this story about you and I. And you know this story, but it's it's so, so cool and so strange at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So a few weeks ago, a guy in my family, married into the family like like I did, uh, reached out to me, sent me a message on LinkedIn. Hey, Jason, like what you're doing. Um, I'm in class, and the professor's son has got this really cool website. I think you should check it out. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. So later that evening, I'm talking to my wife, Carmen, and I'm kind of telling her the same thing. And she always likes to look at my phone and just kind of read it for herself. And she's like <laughs> kind of looking at me and smiling, and I'm like, what? And she's like, who sent you this? And you know, I told her, and uh, she's like, I know that blog. And I'm like, what do you mean you know that blog? I said, familytrek.org. She's like, that's Clark's blog. I'm like, who's Clark? She's like, <laughs> Clark, the author of Unworking. I was like, the guy we've been talking about? She's like, yeah. She's like, no way. So I was like, wait, what are the chances of this? So I reached back out to the guy that sent me that and told him that his professor's son is the guy that has the blog that I've been talking to anyway. It's just a really crazy <laughs> scenario. It's a small world. It's so small. I mean, 7 billion people, but yet so small. So yep. really cool story. I pay attention to stuff like that. And I said, you know what? I need to get connected with this guy today. Yeah. So, so glad we did. Absolutely. Well, you, uh, you mentioned before the show, so you've got one, two books out. You mentioned you're even working on another one. Uh, kind of in that same space as unworking. Can you give us yeah. a peek into that? Sure. The the uh, my next book is sort of uh, I call it bootstrapping or anti bootstrapping. Okay, interesting. Uh, and the the idea is is that um, you know the American ideal or the this whole concept we have in America of uh, and the desire to be a self-made man or a self-made woman or self-made person. I, I just don't think the self-made man exists. And uh, I think we all get a helping hand along the way. And I think that if we embrace the idea of anti-bootstrapping, uh, our lives could be even better. The number one uh, criticism I get from my uh, with my book is, oh, Clark, you know, like 
uh, I can't do what you did because um, I don't have an in-laws garage to go live in if everything goes belly up. And uh, it reminds me, you know, Tim Ferriss in his book, Four Hour Work Week. I think a lot of people could read Tim's book and say, oh, Tim, it's easy for you to say, I never went to Princeton. I didn't go to an Ivy League school and I never made a million dollars. The thing is, is that people will always make an excuse for why they can't do it. Absolutely. And um, my point is, is that we should all take the hand that we've been dealt and play it as well as we can. And and fortunately, I was dealt a card. uh, I was dealt the fantastic in-laws card. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, And I've been able to play that card. And I think that uh, we all just need to figure out how, how can I best play the hand that I've been dealt. My in-laws, by giving us a place to live, they allowed us to build a life by design that is incredible. And th- the other side of that for them is that because we they allowed us to live with them, we had eight months of um, you know rent-free um, housing where we were able to kind of you know, get our bearings. If they hadn't given me that, I would have been forced to take the first job, you know, possible. And, uh, and I couldn't have built a life by design. I couldn't have built, um, you know, this patchwork of income that has allowed us to have greater financial stability and prosperity. And by doing that, we have a better life. We'll be more strong financially long-term and we'll be in a greater position to help them in their later years. And uh, so that's really what I'm going to be uh, talking about in uh, anti-bootstrapping or whatever I end up calling the book um, and how unusual this modern American concept that we have of, you know, when kids turn 18 or graduate college or whatever, we kick them out of the house and then they have to go start their own new island. You know, Uh, it's a very rare thing in human history that this is – Happened, And it actually is largely only happening in America today. If you go to other cultures around the world, this isn't the way we do things. Kids turn 18 or graduate college and you're on your own kid, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we should, should let – we should nurture people and let them be successful instead of sink or swim. That's kind of what I'm going to be discussing. You know, when you – that's very cool, man. Uh, and I, I, it's funny. The concept bootstrapping, uh, some of the people listening may not know what that means. Would you break it down for them real quick? Yeah, it's kind of like pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Um, that this whole concept of I did it on my own, no one helped me, I did it. Um, I'm the one who built this life. Um, and if you think about pulling, like, just picture that in your mind. Yeah, I got pull, you. Pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps—it's impossible. It can't be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and uh, yeah. so. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll readily admit I am not a self-made man. I'm not. I've had lots of helping hands along the way, and I couldn't have gotten here without the help of other people. And I, um, I want to encourage our society to embrace this idea that we should be doing more of this. Uh, it shouldn't. I, when I moved into my in-laws' garage, I was ashamed. And now I look back and go, why was I ashamed? And the reason is because there was our the, our cultural perception of this. But this should be. Um, this should be more prevalent. I should be encouraging my friends to start businesses and telling them, man, listen, if it doesn't work out, you can come, come live in our basement. You know, I'll be your safety net. And uh, imagine what we could accomplish as a society if, if we had 
uh, more people supporting one another and pursuing their dreams. Oh, it changed the game for sure. <laughs> it's funny, but we were, uh, everybody listening, Inspired Nation, I was about ah, 15, 20 minutes late to getting on this call with Clark today. I respect his time, so I, I do apologize for that. But ironically, I was talking to a member of my family in the Bloomington, Indiana area, home of IU. And uh, he was telling me plans about entrepreneurship. And I was like, I love it, you know, in the early stages of stuff. And that's the stuff I get drawn to. And I left the young man with this thought. If nobody else in the world believes in you or supports you, you've always got me. I am yeah. the biggest fan of everything yeah. that you've talked about today and everything that entrepreneurs go through. I love it. It's my absolute passion. And, you know, to your critics, I don't know if any of them are listening, but if they are, I have a message for them. If I ever meet you, I'm going to slap you until your dinner work falls out. And then I'm going to tell you, <laughs> stop worrying about what Clark did or didn't do. Stop whining and take action and go do something about your own life. You know, I get so tired of people pointing fingers to you or me or other people that are trying to better their situation. And they're complaining and saying what we should and shouldn't do, but they do nothing themselves. So what I like to tell people like that is, you know what? You're not allowed to have an opinion because you have done nothing yourself. <laughs> Man, that's so good. What can I do to egg you on, man? That, yeah. that, was, that was a good good little rant there. Yeah, I can get all fired up. I'll be, I'll be in here preaching. People will be like, what podcast am I listening to? What, what's going on here? <laughs> Well, let me ask you. So I was on your website, and I was looking around. So your experience with the uh, location, independent lifestyle, and uh, with writing the book on working, has that led to some, some coaching opportunities? Have some people approached you and said, hey, man, can, can I talk to you? Can I ask you a few questions? Yeah, well, um, it is great. I, uh, there's nothing like getting a message from somebody uh, and saying, "Hey, I've been following your blog for a while," or "Hey, I just read Unworking." The the joy that I get in you know helping people work through some of these issues and arrange a life of their own design, it, it, man, there's just nothing like it. And uh, so, yeah, there there have been people that I've been able to kind of coach and mentor, and uh, I'm thankful thankful for the mentors I've had. I'm thankful for the people who've been in my life who've helped me and you know, there's a lot of times it's it's not so much um, an expert. I'm just a little bit further down the trail. Absolutely. You know, and there's a pe there's people who are a little bit further down the trail than me. And man, I love being able to ask them questions and and uh, peer into their lives because um, it it sure does help a lot. Oh, for sure. Well, I'm positive there's people listening that are very very intrigued by some things you've said. And say somebody wants to get their hands on unworking, what's the best way they could do that? Uh, you can go to unworkingbook.com, and uh, at unworkingbook.com, you can either purchase the book direct uh, from us, uh, or you can um, you know, just link to Amazon, where uh, it's on Amazon as well. But at unworkingbook.com, you can actually read the uh, prologue, introduction, and detailed uh, chapter descriptions all for free uh, right there at unworking com. So, or just search "unworking" on Amazon. It's easy enough. And I'm assuming option one is better for you than option two. Uh, yeah, we make a few buck, few extra bucks on the books. Um, but you know, I, I just if it's easier for people to buy on Amazon because you got that free Amazon Prime, go for it, man. Uh, I just want people to have the book and read it and enjoy it. Uh, it, it. The other advantage, if you do buy it on Amazon, is 
uh, we Amazon has that what do they call it the matchbook. Mm-hmm. So if you buy the book on Amazon, you get the ebook for only ninety nine cents. There you go. Uh, so you know it's kind of nice if you want the paperback. Then, uh, but maybe you're you like to have ebooks too to refer to later on. Um, you can get the ebook for only ninety nine cents after you buy it on Amazon. Absolutely. Well, what's funny is I'm a technology fan. I love it, but when it comes to books. I like feeling the paper in my hand. I don't. Know I'm the I, same but. way. I, I I keep thinking, should I get an e-reader? I, I but I just love a, a paperback, which I can take to the beach and I oh, can yeah. mark up. I guess they say you can mark up e-books, but I don't know. Seems like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, Inspire Nation, if you guys want to check that out, if you have any inclination at all, I'm going to tell you to take action and go ahead and do that. Support Clark, and I bet you'll be inspired and learn something along the way. And then if you want to check out his blog, familytrek.org is where you can keep up with him and all of his travels. So where uh, where have you traveled? Have you been all over the world or where have you gone? Well, um, we, we, are, we do base ourselves in California. At one time we had this idea that we were going to go on sort of an open-ended around-the-world trip. But we really have found that we, we like having a base and there have been times that we've put everything in storage and gone on more extended travels. But California – uh, is home and uh, we've but we've done extended trips in Central America a uh, couple of trips that have been in the two month range we did three months in Thailand a couple of years ago a um, couple of cross country uh, trips across the United States and back um, but right now we're kind of settling into this groove I have um, just, just sort of responding to the needs of my heart you know and uh, like I, I really felt like you know I've been traveling so much and I've had no structure in my life, and I'm like you know I'm really ready to just kind of settle in for a while and have routine in my life. Yeah, a little nice. uh, And then you know instead of in the past I've always thought oh I don't want to go to uh, China for a week I want to go for three months you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, where now I'm kind of like my wife and I just did a a one week trip to Beijing. And it's kind of like, it's kind of nice to just go somewhere for a week instead of thinking I have to go for three months. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, first world problems, you know, <laughs> well, very cool, man. Uh, if anybody listening would like to get in touch with you directly, what is the easiest way for them to do so? Uh, you know, go to my, um, my blog, familytrek.org, Um, or, uh, and from there you can link to family Trek on Facebook, uh, or on Twitter, if people, uh, some of your listeners prefer that avenue, uh, I'm at Clark Vand on Twitter. Very nice. I'm a big Twitter fan. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot out there, but it just continues to uh, pour opportunity my way. So I'll keep rolling with it. Well, yeah. it has been an honor and a, plever- and a pleasure, excuse me, to have <laughs> you on the show today. I uh, certainly appreciate it and, and hope it's the first of many times in the future. Yeah, this is great, Jason. Really nice to talk to you, and thanks for having me on the show. All right, man. Take care. All right, you too. See ya. All right, we're back to the show, everybody. What do you think? Clark is a pretty cool guy, isn't he? Clark, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, thanks, my friend. Appreciate it. Well, to uh, think about some of the things that him and I talked about, it certainly gets your wheels turning. That episode um, really got my wheels turning, and I'm sure yours as well. He's... uh, had some interesting experiences that you don't hear every day. So very, very cool stuff. Uh, if you guys want to check out the show notes from this episode, go to intentionallyinspirational.com slash episode 30. 
And you can obviously check out previous episodes in the same format, different number. If you guys enjoy the show, as always, please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and share it with somebody. So I can definitely tell that podcasting is gaining in popularity, but still in its infancy uh, in terms of you know comparing to where it's going to go someday. I feel pretty good about that. If you guys would like to contact me, go to the booking request page at intentiallyinspirational.com, and I will get back with you as soon as possible, or my Facebook page for Intentionally Inspirational Podcast, or on Twitter or Snapchat. So, my final thought for the day. Life is too short to be miserable. Happiness is a choice, and it's up to you how your experience goes. I want you guys to really, really think about that and carry that with you in your minds for the rest of the day. And believe it to be true, because it is. You know, a lot of people who are in their their peak or their valley, however you want to look at it, of misery would disagree with me and say, it's not a choice. I've been dealt this hand. Well, perhaps you have, because that's how life works. We all get dealt hands, but it is a decision. Your perspective and your attitude and your effort is all a decision. So with that being said, enjoy your day. Thank you, as always, for listening. We've got another fantastic interview coming up next week. I'm actually recording that today, and that'll be episode number 32 next Monday. Until then, take care, and thank you very much. See you. Thanks for listening to another episode of our show. We hope that we brought you one step closer to maximizing your greatness. See you next time.